don't mistake my kindness for weakness. I'm kind to everyone, but when someone is unkind to me, weak is not what you're going to remember about me. You know who that is? It's Al Capone. I want to be very clear on this. I do not condone what this man did during his life. The crime, the killing, money laundering, etc. But this quote, he got absolutely right. You know what? Anymore, people think that because you're kind, it means you're somehow weak or a pushover. Nothing could be further from the truth, at least not for me. For instance, I do consider myself a kind person, and the argument can be made for me being a gentle person, but the moment you start pushing my buttons to provoke a response, you're going to experience the not-so-kind side of me, and I think I think a lot of people are like this. The problem is, is that so many people in the world today are already cooking. They're dealing with traumas, financial difficulties problems with a spouse or significant other. So when someone comes in and rocks the boat with even more vigor, just be prepared because there's a good chance you're about to catch it. They're going to cuss you out and in some cases cut you out of their life. And and nobody should act surprised at this. Uh, we're living in strange times and people are more on edge now than they've been maybe ever. I'm not saying we have to coddle these people, but at least give them three feet. Don't get right up on them when they're in that throw. More to the point, learn how to read body language. Learn how to hear what they're not saying. You understand? I promise when you learn how to do this, their respect and appreciation for you will go up. And when they're ready to talk about what's going on in their life, they'll throw you a text. Or give you a call in some cases. Until then, just give them three feet. (laughs) And for those of you not familiar with that term, it means give them space to work their shit out before you come barging in trying to, quote, fix them. All of that and plenty more on today's show. Back in a moment. been following this uh these twitter files mr producer man taibi went on twitter last night for part three this shit is crazy absolutely crazy and the (laughs) the difference in opinion about this from the left and the right is staggering (laughs) Uh, i'm I'm trying to keep uh i'm trying to keep a positive (laughs) even comical mindset about it but these people are insane. <laughs> Welcome back to the Atypical Man Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host. My name's Caleb. So depending on where you get your news or how you consume your news, you're most likely getting one extreme version of what's happening f- from either side. If you go to right-leaning news outlets, they're promoting... Um, 
how this is an example of free speech being restored to Twitter and people being able to say and believe whatever they want so long as they're not inciting violence, things like this, which in my opinion is how it should be. At the same time, you have well-known people like Elton John claiming he's leaving Twitter. Shame. Gonna miss you, bud. Dude's music is out of control. The music he's put out over the years, incredible musician. But the fact that somebody like him, or anybody for that matter, would think this is a bad thing, confuses me. Left-leaning news media outlets are suggesting that this is the end of our democracy, which it never was. And I'm going to say this until it sinks in, ladies and gentlemen. We're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. The founders were not a fan of the idea of, quote, democracy. That's why it was founded as a constitutional republic. Get that through your thick skull. All of these news agencies releasing information, people going on Twitter as the files are being dumped and after, saying that this guy's dangerous, meaning Musk, to the country because he's leaking, not leaking, he's dumping information from a company that he bought that is proving that right-leaning and conservative people and news organizations and outfits were suppressed. God knows how many times over the years. And that the old guard from Twitter was meeting with the feds prior to the election of 2020 and after. We need to get our heads on right here, folks, and look at this for what it is. I don't like being in a situation to have to talk about careful how I say this, unsavory things like this, but this does not look good for the former guard at Twitter. There are people that are going to be hauled into a congressional hearing, Senate hearings. You can guarantee that. As more of this information comes out, it's going to get worse and worse for the people that were involved. And my question is, if this was happening at Twitter, why would you not think that it was and still is going on at places like Facebook, YouTube, Google, IG, and even TikTok, where I've got a page, an account, trying to make people laugh and responding or uh, reacting to hilarious videos to get people to laugh. I've made adjustments to how I use it and on what device I use it on because there's more information coming out about this that it's a spy tool and it's been developed as a spy tool and just thinking about that as a possibility is both interesting and terrifying because if you think about it it would be the perfect tool for a neighboring country, especially one like China, to collect information and data on the American citizens, to potentially use it against them in the future? I hope not. 
Because if they do and we find out, we're going to beat that ass. Just like we did to the British back in the 1770s. And if any of you pukes out there that are responsible for this are actually engaging in this, in this type of behavior, you're going to get your ass beat too. The bad guys always lose. Always. The moment you start infringing on someone else's freedom, especially without them knowing or against their will, you're going to catch one. It's a matter of time. We don't tolerate that kind of stuff in this country. It seems like we're becoming more tolerant of it because of the way our government is set up and the people that are, quote, running the government. This lack of care, only focusing on themselves and their constituents, not the American people that put them in those positions. These people are sick, dude. (laughs) They're sick. Mentally ill. Mentally unstable. Going for the power grab. Instead of being accountable to the American people that put them in those positions. I know I'm not the only one that thinks this is gross. There's a lot more of us. Most of us well-meaning people simply asking for you to stay the hell out of our lives. And it's become a cliche, but it doesn't mean it's not true. The government is there to serve the people, not the other way around. And the moment that we start fearing our government, it's we are 100% in tyranny. If you as a conservative or even a liberal, progressive, classic liberal, feel that you can't say certain things publicly about the government, it's over. And the time to deliberately and concisely fight back is upon us. This doesn't have to this this doesn't have to go out into the street. But I promise you this. You keep jacking with the people in this country that love this country, want to protect it and its citizens. You keep messing with these people. You're going to catch the business end of a beatdown through argument, debate. There's people all over this country starting to finally stand up and say, you know what, enough is enough now. But specifically conservatives, classic liberals, Republicans, having their voices suppressed, their content suppressed, because these left-leaning tech companies don't agree or consider it dangerous is so mind-boggling to me, I struggle to even understand it. Starting with Matt Taibbi on the first dump and then Barry Weiss on the second one, and then Taibbi went on Twitter last night and went for a while. Didn't he have like, it was like almost 70 it was close, had to be close to like 60 or 70 tweets, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this article I'm reading says, At one point, Twitter even placed Stanford professor Dr. J. Bhattacharya, hope I'm pronouncing that right, under the label, quote, Trends Blacklist for arguing that coronavirus lockdowns would harm children. <sighs> and you got people like, 
was it Charlie Kirk? Twitter placed him on a do not amplify. Dude was going from like a hundred and some thousand retweets a day down to 800 overnight. After he met with Jack Twitter. Oh, no, no, we're not doing that. Everything's fine here. Yeah, get bent. We know what you're doing. It was the same for Bongino. What do they call it? Visibility filtering? Yeah, that's called shadow banning, ladies and gentlemen. They're synonymous. They mean the same thing. Visibility filtering and shadow banning are the same thing. It happens on TikTok all the time. If I say something that goes against the narrative or isn't just slapstick, mindless content, you can see it in the viewership. Go look at the page. Go look at the Atypical Man TikTok page. We're still building the YouTube channel. I'm still getting back to getting used to that because it's, man, if it's not, I have noticed this on both TikTok and YouTube. If it's not mindless content, just like scroll through, quick like, scroll, 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 the algorithm or however the viewership is controlled or dispensed, changes dramatically. That could just be because I'm a boring asshole. What do I know? <laughs> people don't want to hear what I have to say. That's, and that's fine too. I completely get that. There are people all over social media that in some cases have millions of followers and I go look at their content and it's like, what is this? You know? But in my case, it's the reverse for me. Because you've got videos of men and women doing completely mindless and in some cases mind-numbing things that have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of points of engagement. Like, comment, shares. It's crazy. But again, this, this comes back to personality, behavior, and things we enjoy and things we don't enjoy. Which I can appreciate. There's books and movies that I don't like that other people love and recommend to people every day. So I understand. But when it comes to <clears throat> maintaining our individuality and remaining free in a country that's supposed to be free and protecting its citizens, that isn't happening at the moment, folks. All you have to do is look around. And unless you have your head buried in the sand, you already know that something is off. Something doesn't quite feel right. And the fact that all of these documents are coming out from Twitter showing how much it happened during the tenure of the old guard, this is going to get worse. And by worse, I mean for the people that did it. As more and more information comes out, and like I said, all we can hope for, because I'm, I'm, I'm segueing, I'll dovetail into this. I, th I don't think that the quote powers that be saw Musk coming in terms of what he was going to do when he secured Twitter and bought it. And now that they've seen what he's done with it, I will, I will guarantee you this. Unless it goes to another left-leaning tech company through acquisition or individual with boatloads of cash that is willing to carry the narrative 
for the left, none of these other social media companies will be sold. They will remain in the same hands. Again, unless they get sold through acquisition to another left-leaning tech company or individual. They got caught with their pants around their ankles when Musk bought Twitter. And I'm sure he kept it very quiet about what he was planning on doing after he purchased it. And now they're making him out to be some type of evil, fascist, dictator. The words I've seen used to describe this guy are comical to me. Because if you look at Musk the person and see everything that he's done with Tesla, SpaceX, the boring company, and now Twitter. Everything he's touched, he's improved. He made electric cars popular. People had tried before and they couldn't quite do it. He did it. Created a private rocket company. Competing against NASA, now working in tandem to a certain degree with NASA on certain projects. They, they thought he was a joke. They laughed him out of the office. And the man walked out of the door and said, I'll be back. And getting into this hold my beer mentality. Watch me work. Watch this. The moment that people's opinions start getting suppressed, and this is one of the things I loved about uh, an article that Prager pub, uh, published a while back on his website. Let's see if I can pull this up while we're talking. About he had a young man write in a question to his show um, on PragerU, the fireside chat, and he said, "How do I?" This kid asked a, a very straightforward question: "How do I know who's lying and who's telling the truth in terms of the media?" And you could tell that Prager, because it was both video and audio, he sat back and he just let the thoughts start to flow. And I'm paraphrasing, but he said, the people that try to suppress information and dissent are the ones that are lying. Yeah, here it is. It's back. It's from back on November 15th. It's called Between Left and Right. How do you know which side isn't telling the truth? An incredible article, if you haven't already read it. And this is my favorite. This is one of my favorite parts of the article. He says, quote, there is no important area of left-right difference in which the left, not liberals, the left does not call for shutting down dissent. If this theory is correct, and I cannot imagine a valid argument against it, it means that in virtually every instance of a left-right difference, the left is lying. Now the question becomes why? And if you are a Democrat or liberal progressive, I'm not talking directly to you. I'm talking to the people all the way on the left, the wingers. The people that for some reason think they can dictate to us how we should be living. Not through suggestion, but through fear and censorship 
In other words, if you step out of line, we're going to squash you. If you don't carry and dispense our narrative, we're going to squash you. And in a lot of cases, they have the ability to do it, especially as people get more popular in what they're doing, whether it's a podcaster, someone with a radio show or a talk show. Look what they try to do to Rogan. When he was taking those vitamin packs and making suggestions to other people, I think it was on Instagram, wasn't it? Yeah. About what people can do when they got COVID. And he did all these things. And in, what, a few days, week tops, he was fine. I think it was like three days, wasn't it? Three or four days? It was something like that. And he just kept going. It, it's going to take a lot more, especially with somebody like Rogan, to bring him down. I'm not saying the man doesn't have skeletons in his closet. I imagine he does. We all do. But to go after somebody like him with the platform he's got and the types of people he's had on his show, thinking that you're somehow going to get him canceled or bring him down, you're delusional. <laughs> Moron is a better word. I agree. I agree. But it goes to show the ego of these people. The supposition that you have thinking that because I don't agree with you that you're going to somehow get me canceled. You can try, but I'm not going to stop. This is the difference between true. Be careful. I say this too. This is the difference between someone who's willing to fight and someone who's willing not to fight. There have been so many people that have just laid down when these people came calling or trying to thrash them or squash them. Does it make them a bad person? Not necessarily. It makes you a weak person. We're going to have moments where we need to be more courageous and pull up as much strength as we can, muster up as much strength as we can. To keep moving forward. Laying down only enforces what they think they know. That they can just do this and get away with it. No. Not at all. So just don't lay down. If your platform shrinks, so what? You still have a voice. Use it. I'm not big in the world of social media or even this podcast. I think I have like 20 regular listeners and then it gets shared out on other platforms and I can't see those. I can't see how many um, go out to that, but I can see the listens, the views. I'm not big in that world yet, but we have to start somewhere. You don't go into something and just immediately start killing it. You're going to fall on your face. You're going to get your teeth kicked in metaphorically many times along the way. It's going to happen. But if you keep working, you keep Moving forward, good things will happen so long as you're not an asshole or censoring people or trying to stamp dissent. 
It serves no purpose and it's dangerous. I strongly recommend you read this article from DP, Dennis Prager. Like I said, it was back on the 15th of November. You can get it on his website at DennisPrager.com. I think he posts them at what? Is it the, is it the Hill? I don't think it's the Hill. There's some, there's another place. Um, yeah, I know Hillsdale's the um, university he works with. He, don't, he also offers college courses that you can read through and listen to and watch online through Hillsdale College um, about the Constitution and the founding, if you're interested. Um, anyway, the name of the article is Between Left and Right, How Do You Know Which Side Isn't Telling the Truth? And he, he basically says, what he thought was the most important indicator of who is more likely to be lying. With rare exceptions, the party that calls for censorship is lying. People who tell the truth can deal with dissent and different opinions. In fact, truth-tellers welcome debate. That's what I've been saying this entire time. Since I started this podcast, in one way or another, and I've matriculated and graduated into more reasonable, digestible versions of that thought, trying to get better every day. But you still have a voice, ladies and gentlemen. Use it. Start a podcast. Whether it's the platform that we use, or find another one. There's dozens out there. Many of which you don't have to pay for. If you want the higher audio or video quality ability to entertain guests through a conversation, which you can do on this app too, and we'll get there as well. Nothing should stop you from saying what you want to say, all the while knowing that if it does go against status quo or against an agenda or narrative, there's going to be pushback, and that's okay. But you can push right back. I think that's what a lot of people forget. You know what I mean? They think that just because somebody tries to clamp down on them or suppress them or end their platform or end their voice that they can't come back. You always can. All you have to do is not quit. And I know for some people that's a novel idea. Well, I didn't do well, so I'm just going to give up. Or I'm not good at this. I'm just going to stop doing it. Okay, well, that's your decision. It's a weak one, but it's your decision. It doesn't have to be as... Hmm. This doesn't have to be as big of a problem as we've allowed it to become. Because that's what we've done. We've allowed these people to do these things to us. To suppress us. Shadow ban us. And I don't care what side of the aisle you tip towards. If you think this is okay, simply because you disagree, you are part of the problem. And eventually, one way or another, this will be resolved. Hopefully through argument and debate. And not something more serious. I don't know any intelligent person 
well-meaning person that would want to see this turn into a street fight. Because I'm telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, if it gets to that point, the people that have been doing the suppressing, shadow banning, all these things, they're going to lose, and they're going to lose big. You can count on it. Back in a moment. Stick around. You're not actually not kidding at all. You ever had to pee so bad that you can feel it in your spine? (laughs) We've all been there. It's no secret. Where the hell did people get the idea that men behaving in a masculine way was somehow dangerous or ill-advised? So long as they weren't just beating the tar out of people for no reason. You know, just getting into fistfights for no reason. Just acting like a Neanderthal. These are two very different things. Men ask, acting and behaving in masculine ways, having masculine tendency and behavior is not the same thing as acting like a caveman. In my estimation, those are two very different things. So this idea of men being masculine and it being somehow not a good idea, it it, it makes no sense to me. (laughs) Is this where we are now? Seriously. More of this overly timid, squishy thinking that men being masculine is somehow a detriment to society. Some of the articles that I've read online, researching today's show, and even some of the conversations I've been part of, directly or indirectly, talking about, quote, toxic masculinity, it's clear to me what this is. This is a group of people subscribing to and attempting to advance an idea that men behaving like men is somehow bad for the world and bad for the family dynamic. It's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard, and I've heard a lot of truly ignorant shit over the course of my life. Where do you think we would be, or if we would even be, as a country, if masculine men hadn't stood up against a tyrannical government, i.e. the British, between 1765 and 1791? Cornwallis finally came to his senses. He did. On October 19th? October 19th, 1781. With the help of the French, um, we backed him into a corner and said, enough is enough. You need to uh, hightail it out of here. We've got it. We've got it from here. And before anyone listening goes berserk or on a feminist tirade about how a group of women could have done this too, I'm going to stop you right there. Are there women that exist in this world with an aggressive, uh, call it war fighting mindset? Yes, there are. I know a couple. But statistically, they exist in fewer numbers than men, especially back then. That's not a jab, nor is it meant to reduce women in any way. What I'm arguing is that women of that time, 
not tipping my hat in either direction, were heavily focused on keeping a home, doing the majority of child raising, and trying to help the men in their lives stay rational and clear-headed, especially during the war effort. Can Catch me on this. Can you imagine, Mr. Producer Man, if John Adams hadn't had his wife, Abigail, at his side, she was his closest advisor and a founder of the country, by the way, as were all of the other wives that were married to and advised the signers of the Declaration of Independence. There's a, there's a terrific book by Koki Roberts called Founding Mothers. Um, I think it's The Women Who Raised Our Nation. I think that's the subtitle. I'm almost, I'm almost certain. Amazing book. Amazing book. And for those of you who think that the women and mothers of the time weren't involved in the founding of our country, I highly suggest reading this book. They were instrumental in how this great country of ours came to be. But this takes nothing away from the conversation that we're having about how masculinity has come to be defined now. Just as we have different styles when it comes to raising our children between mother and father, it's a different angle. It's a different approach. None being better or more efficient than the other. In an ideal world, you have both. You have the mom and the dad both present. Sadly, this doesn't always happen. And it appears to be um, more of a problem now, maybe than ever, about either the father being absent, and in some cases, the mother being absent. Or worse, they are both there, but to a detriment to the kid. Sometimes, in my opinion, and there's, I might get catch some hell for this, I don't much care, sometimes it would be better if one or both of these parents that are just bums, say if they're an addict or they are trying to get their lives together and are just unable to do so, maybe they shouldn't be present. I'm not advocating for foster care, especially if the these kids go into a foster home system. It's horrible. But at the same time, what is the best thing for the child? Can they go live with parent, grandparents or other relatives? That would be ideal. But this idea that men being masculine is somehow a negative attribute or a bad thing for society makes no sense and it's foolish. What do I mean by masculine? Well, taking a firmer approach in child raising. For example, putting these kids in self-defense courses, letting them play football, letting them play contact sports, letting them roughhouse, letting them get scraped up mildly. I'm not talking about horrible or permanent injury, but not coddling them, putting them around men that are confident and intelligent while maintaining that 
ability to act as a protector. And I can hear the feminists now, well, we don't need your protection. Okay, that's fine. This is an opinion show. And I am of the opinion that either a young man or a young woman will grow up and matriculate and evolve into their lives in a healthier way if they have both a positive mother and positive father figure in the picture. Typically, mothers are more nurturing. They're more, I don't want to say emotional because that's not what I mean, but in touch with that emotion, that emotional side, which they share with their children. Men, speaking as a father myself, we're more into roughhousing, teaching our kids how to fight, how to stand up for themselves, and not to say moms can't do this, so relax. Men just have a different approach. It's more of a take no shit kind of attitude. Whereas in some cases, not all, but some, many mothers have this less rough and gruff exterior. And I understand it. It's, to a certain degree, it's biology. Through their own upbringing, through their own experiences. Not all women are like this. I have met some very tough and stern mothers in my life who sadly have had to play the role of both mother and father. And some of them do an amazing job, while others don't. Did I say that right? While some of them do a great job for the best they can, and others do not. Because they have no frame of reference. I've seen that as well. And there's more of a feminine quality to the young men when the more masculine nature is not present. You know, the roughhousing, you know, going out getting dirty, doing a dirty jobs type of situation. I wonder what Roe would actually say about that. I wonder what his thoughts would be on it. Yeah, Mike Roe. <laughs> Maybe one day when this turns into something really big, we can get him on the show. How about that? There's something to reach for, huh? <laughs> what I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen, that is that being masculine is not a bad thing. Are there men that take masculinity to a gross level? Yeah, there are. Just like there's men who oversell being feminine in the opposite direction, which to me is equally disgusting. There has to be a balance there. You can be rough and tough, masculine, and have an emotional, caring and nurturing side as well. But our kids need both. I needed both. The kids that came up around me needed both. A lot of them had that. Some of them didn't. But it's having that male figure 
that brings an element of masculinity to the conversation and to the experience that's very healthy. My dad taught me to fish, taught me how to hunt. Eventually I was playing football. At a very young age, I went into martial arts. I think I was eight years old. Did that all the way through high school till I went into the military. Spent six years on active duty. Being masculine doesn't mean that you go looking for a fight. But it does mean that you're willing to accept what you may have to do if a fight comes looking for you. Knowing how to protect yourself and your family, that's masculine. Showing up for work every day and doing the very best you can at that job, that's masculine. These are not things to shy away from. It's part of the a large part of the male makeup in terms of how we conduct ourselves and negotiate our lives. Are there some men that don't do this and live happy lives? I would imagine there are. But again, this is an opinion show. I'm not a scientist. Freelance, maybe. (laughs) I love reading about science. That's kind of my jam. Science, history, philosophy... Spirituality, all these things. What makes a well-rounded individual? It's the whole premise of this show. And it's part of what I deem being atypical because I'm not the kind of guy that's into cars, although I can appreciate them. Ripping motors apart and transmissions apart, although I can appreciate it. Again, I work in a blue-collar field. I get along amazingly well with these men. Go out and have beers, barbecues, whenever we can. And we bust on each other. And we don't get our feelings hurt. We don't go home and cry to our wives or girlfriends and say, Well, Sean was picking on me. Don't say that shit. You take it and you dish it right back. It's an unspoken understanding that we have. We don't have this easily offended mindset where we say, I can't believe you just said that to me. How dare you? What what, what do you you mean? What do you mean? That's part of how we communicate. It's how we interact with each other. You You should be more worried if we're not busting on you. If we're ignoring you, that's worse. And it drives the point home when you start getting into conversations about clicks, what we used to call clicks in high school. You remember that shit? (laughs) Those still exist in adulthood, most likely to a lesser degree, but they're, they're still a thing. Masculinity is only toxic if and when the man, said man in the equation, allows it to be polluted. If you start overreaching you start doing things like mansplaining that kind of shit I have no time for if somebody asks me a question I'm going to tell and I know that and I know the answer I'm going to tell them what I know about it but I'm not going to reduce the other person the other female in this case 
by starting at the beginning of history on the topic. You ask me about something, I'm going to tell you what it is, if I know anything about it. And if I don't, I'm going to tell you, you know what? I actually don't know much about that. Yeah, that mansplaining stuff drives me nuts. Make it quick and concise. And you see this in social media too. You know, people trying to deliver remarks on a topic. And by the time they're done, it's of thesis length. For what? Explain what you know, then stop talking. And if you can find a way to ask another, like ask a question of your own in that process, do that. Do some women take this too far? Yes, they do. Of course they do. Well, he was mansplaining, so I just stopped listening. Oh, okay. What were you guys talking about? Well, we were replacing the garbage disposal in the kitchen. Okay. Have you ever done that before? No. Well, how was he mansplaining? Well, it was just the way he was saying it. You're looking for a reason to start an argument. That's all you're doing. Now, if he's over-explaining, again, different story. That's one example. Kill the power, take the bolts and nuts down, remove the old, put the new one up, reconnect everything, get it aligned, hook the power back up, turn it on, make sure it works, on to the next. And fellas, you don't need to go into a technical history about the garbage disposal if by some freak chance the woman in your life is interested on in how you're doing it. Don't do that. You're making yourself look foolish and you're reinforcing this idea that toxic masculinity is a bigger problem than it actually is. So just cut it out. But dismissing masculinity out of hand just because someone put the word toxic in front of it, whether it was a feminist group, a left-leaning group, because it certainly didn't come from the right, I'll tell you that. Any of these people or groups that are looking for a reason to bitch about why men are bad, masculine men are bad, conservatives are bad, any of these people looking for a reason to bitch and then censoring those people at the same time when they come back with an answer of their own that's deemed, quote, toxically masculine. Toxically? Is that a word? If it's not, we're going to use it anyway. <laughs> Some of you out here need to get your heads out of your ass. Stop being so easily offended. Do as much, if not more, listening than you do talking. And realize that, yes, most of us come from different backgrounds, different walks of life, and have different opinions, different perceptions based on life experience and what we've learned up until that point. Can we learn new things? Yes. I don't care who you are. The moment you decide to switch that part of your brain off or convince yourself, no, I've got it all figured out. I don't, I don't need to learn anything else. This is just who I'm going to be the rest of my life. I don't care how old you are, by the way. 
any of you down the road listening to this, you're 60, 70, 80 plus years old, there's always something new to learn. But what is the new thing that you're learning? Is it improving your life or the lives of those around you or the state or country in which you live? Or is it putting you, the people around you, your state or country, even more at a disadvantage, in a weaker position? Masculinity coupled with feminine qualities is what makes for the perfect soup in terms of correcting a problem. If you come at it one-sided, can you figure it out? Sure. Is it going to be balanced? Is the solution is the solution going to be balanced? Probably not. So that mixture of masculine and feminine is ideal. But again, dismissing it out of hand, can you imagine if it were the other way around? Can you imagine if there was a bunch of people, and there might be, we should probably look this up during this last break, toxic femininity? Is that even a thing? We should probably look that up. If it's a thing, you're not hearing nearly as much about it as you're hearing about toxic masculinity. Jesus, can you imagine? (laughs) Somebody goes on the news or the radio and starts spouting off all this toxic femininity. Femininity, Jesus. Femininity. That dude's life, that group of men's life would be over. Or they would just be ignored completely and it wouldn't even be an issue. We should look that up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Round and around we go, ladies and gentlemen. One last break before we close out the show. Stick around. Today's episode of the Atypical Man podcast is being brought to you by Spotify. It is one of the largest music and podcast streaming service providers in the known universe, with over 456 million monthly active users, including 195 million paying subscribers, a number that continues to grow. If you haven't tried them out, head over to Spotify.com or download the free Spotify app. Depending on the style of content you're looking for, subscription fees may apply. Final segment of the Atypical Man podcast this evening. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate you. As always, you can come over and see us at the Atypical Man TikTok page, for the time being anyway, until I come to my senses and maybe uh, start paying more attention on building another account on a different platform. We are working on standing up the Atypical Man YouTube channel. It's available now. You can go look at some of the content over there. It's mainly, there's there's some original content there, as well as some... Uh, TikTok videos and reels that I've done on um, Facebook and IG. But uh, primary account for now is TikTok, the atypical man at TikTok. Um, With all these governmental agencies, these state agencies, banning that app from people's work phones, which I understand, this looks to be coming 
this looks too... What am I trying to say, Mr. Producer? I know it's the end of the show. <laughs> it's becoming more of an issue, right? In terms of safety and where some of the data is going. People having their bank accounts tapped into and other social media platforms tapped into through some type of access granted in the user agreement from TikTok. Um, damn, if Musk was going to buy any company. <laughs> Hell no, they won't sell it to him. Hell no. After what he's done with Twitter, they won't make that mistake again. <laughs> To close out the show, as many of the listeners know, I'm a big fan of a website called intellectualtakeout.org. It's O-R-G. They've got a lot of really great content when it comes to philosophy, um, politics, economics, science, uh, even family and education. And a writer named Mark Tapson wrote an article yesterday called The Antidote to Toxic Masculinity. And the article opens up with a story about a man named Terry Begley. He's a seven-year-old father of five who does housekeeping at a VA hospital. And he was walking to buy items for Thanksgiving near Baltimore the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. And on his way to the market, a row home on the block exploded. Um, They're thinking it was likely due to a ruptured gas line. And he wasted... not even paraphrasing, this is in the article, quote, Begley reportedly wasted no time hurrying to the rescue of anyone who might be trapped inside the burning building. Firefighters later found him in the rubble. In critical condition, uh, he was placed in a medically induced coma, suffering uh, from a broken pelvis, femur, and hand, which is all going to require surgery. They set up a GoFundMe page. Uh, They've raised over $40,000. Um, and the 16, a 16 year old and 48 year old woman who were inside the home survived during unstable condition. So that's very good news. And the article goes on to say, amid the usual litany of disheartening news items, highlighting the worst of human behavior, i.e. mass shootings, wartime atrocities, and acts of, acts of random pointless violence. Bagley's story is one that shines a spotlight on the best of what we're capable of. His daughter, Aaron, later told Baltimore's 11 News he thought nothing about his own life to save two women he did not know. Questioned about why her father entered a burning home, she replied, because he's a Marine. Man. My dad endure, endured polio as a child. He also endured... The thing with Camp Lejeune, well, yeah, with the toxic water. Jesus, if you haven't heard about that, it's wild, wild story. He also served in Vietnam. He was heroic, but I wish he didn't do it because I'm now I'm scared that I'm about to lose him. But I'm glad he did it to save people he didn't know. And the main reason, <clears throat> excuse me, that I'm referencing this article on the outbound side of the show is there are two paragraphs, actually, well, two and a half, that sum up what we've been talking about on the second half of today's show pretty well perfectly. 
Um, towards the end of the article, Mark Tapson, the author, writes, quote, let's see, do we want to start there? Yeah. So he gets into talking about chivalry. Um, it goes like this. In fact, in our time of a concerted ideological assault on masculinity, when the very nature of men is deemed toxic and oppressively patriarchal, chivalry represents a kind of moral masculinity we need now more than ever. It is the kind of righteous manhood the critics of masculinity never talk about because it exposes their lie that masculinity is inherently poisonous. It is the antidote to so-called toxic masculinity. It's very well said. The end captures it just as well, if not better. Quote, the Renaissance philosopher Giovanni, Giovanni Pico della Miradola. Let me try that one more time. Renaissance philosopher Giovanni Pico della Mirandola declared in his book Oration on the Dignity of Man that the free will granted to us by God enables us either to descend to the level of brutes or to aspire to the level of angels. Men are capable of craveness and evil or of heroism and righteousness. Chivalry inspires and leads us to strive toward the latter. It is an ideal our society desperately needs to recover and celebrate in men, not dismiss as sexist and outdated. Jesus. Incredible article, by the way, over at intellectualtakeout.org. Article is called The Antidote to Toxic Masculinity. I don't think it goes unheard or misunderstood, at least not by the listeners of this show, that you can take anything and put a negative spin on it. You can take anything and make it seem like something we can just dispose of and get rid of. But I want to leave you with this thought. I want you to imagine a world where the majority of men are no longer masculine, but have more of a feminine quality to how they live their lives, how they communicate, and especially how they govern, whether it's within their family, state government, federal government, whatever the case may be. The moment you remove masculinity as a whole, what are we left with? We're left with a bunch of squishy, spineless men who don't know how to negotiate, who don't know how to stand next to in front of and in front of the people he cares about to make sure to the best of his ability that they are safe, taken care of, and have a fighting chance in their own life. That goes for both their sons and their daughters. Saying that masculinity in men is somehow dangerous, in my opinion, is akin to saying, well, these young women that grow up to be tomboys is negative or something we need to correct as well. Are you kidding? 
what's wrong with young women being a tomboy? Is it the language? Is, is, it, is it because the word boy is in there? What word would you like to substitute? I'm surprised this isn't even a thing yet, dude. You know it? I'm surprised the word tomboy hasn't been canceled yet. Do we know if that's true? I'm looking real quick. Here's one from moms.com. September 28th of this year. Another one from the Brown Daily Herald. I'm going to have to get... No, the thunder's rolling now. We got some thunderstorms rolling through Dallas this evening. Here it is. So that's back in 2016. From Bustle. Why we need to stop calling girls tomboys. I knew it. I knew it. I wish I had had some time to read through this. It was written by someone named J.R. Thorpe back on 24 August 2016. The word tomboy doesn't get tossed around with regularity anymore. Like leave it to beaver or four hour drinking lunches at work. It's got a little bit of the aura of a bygone age about it. But the word is still a recognizable one. And small girls who resolutely resist any attempt to get them into skirts and vastly prefer baseball and tree climbing are still likely to have it pasted on their foreheads. So what's the problem with calling a little girl a tomboy? Shouldn't we be embracing the strong bandaged knee knees doll-hating tomboy girl as a feminist icon? Or is it the issue of a much deeper one about what it means to be a girl at all? I have no opinion on this article yet because I have not read it in detail. I'm not particularly fond of where it's going. They get into the etymology of the word. Term first merged in the 1550s in England for a rude, boisterous boy. In other words, for a boy who acted outside the realm of normal politeness, the quote, Tom, and this is the same as tomfoolery. I didn't know that. I learned something new today. And indicates the same kind of, at the time, usually masculine behavior. Are you kidding me right now? I am just... All right. The tomboy of the 1550s would be that annoying kid with no table manners, running around after your chickens and picking fights in the street. But then within 30 years, it evolved to mean strumpet, bold, or immodest woman. This wasn't about wearing trousers instead of skirts. This was severe societal disapproval. What was I just saying a couple minutes ago that you can weaponize anything? Or I was leading into that. You can weaponize anything. I hear the word tomboy. Yes, I hear getting into trouble, wearing jeans, climbing trees, playing baseball. You know who it reminds me of? You know who I automatically think of when I hear the word tomboy? I think of, uh, what's her name? Anna Chalumsky. She played Veda in the My Girl movies, My Girl 1 and 2. Yeah, that's what I think of. Or... A handful of examples. I just had another one in my head and it's completely fallen out. Um, Christina Ricci from that movie Now and Then. Remember that?
You can make anything pejorative. You really can. Everything is determined by our thoughts about it. So if you get enough people or you convince enough people to believe that a certain thing, a certain group, a certain organization is inherently evil or doesn't deserve a seat at the table anymore, if you put enough negative language behind it, you can get it eradicated almost. And I think that's to a large degree what cancel culture is. You vehemently disagree with and do so publicly with someone or a group and say these people are dangerous. Meanwhile, saying that because you disagree, prove to me how Elon Musk taking over Twitter is dangerous. You've got all these people coming on saying, well, he's let all these white supremacists back on there. All these hate groups. Show it to me. Show it to me. And in either case, my answer is going to be the same. The argument against what those people are saying, assuming they're even on Twitter because I haven't seen it. And you'd think if it were, it would be plastered all over the news. And I'm going to go look for it just to make sure I'm not speaking out of turn. But in either case, my answer is the same. Make your argument so strong that through debate, we show these people once and for all the true racists in this country. The people that just want to see the world burn, for lack of a better term, prove to them once and for all through mindful, intelligent argument that there is no place for people like you. Taking away their free speech or silencing them, do you think that's going to make the problem go away? No. But through argument and debate, we can finally, once and for all, Get these people out of there. And no, I'm not talking about physically wiping them out. But show them, look, this isn't going to be tolerated. And I'd be... I would need to see this with my own eyes. Somebody like Musk letting white supremacists, Nazis, true-to-form racists to say things like some of these folks on the left are suggesting that they're saying, prove it to me. I want to see it. Because then people like me can go in and we can start the argument. We can start the debate. And bring these people out of the hole that they're hiding in and say, look, if you've got a point to make, you think this is so great. This ideology, this philosophy of yours, debate me. Let's see how much you actually believe what you're saying. Or if you are simply looking for the most outrageous and incendiary thing to say to provoke a response. Crawl out of your hole and come debate me. Or anyone else in the world, for that matter, with three functioning brain cells that can shut your argument down right now. These people making comments and writing articles about Elon Musk allowing for that type of content to exist 
Some of them may be well-meaning, but it's the way they write. With condemnation and contempt for a man that took a social media platform and is now exposing the people who used to run it as the frauds and criminals in some cases that they were and that they are. And it's got a lot of people scared. Because when all of the names of the people involved in this come out, like I said earlier, they're going to sit in front of the man and have to explain themselves under oath. Are a lot of them going to lie? You bet your ass. Which is why, in my opinion, this is another example of a man doing a very masculine thing and not laying down, i.e., Elon Musk going public and saying, Every one of you that was involved in this, you're about to go down. Every living organism will fight for its survival. So if you think for one moment that the people that were part of this are going to just lay down and not defend themselves, or at least try to defend themselves, you're delusional. Any organism that knows it's alive will fight for its survival. That includes people in the media that were complicit. That includes employees who used to work at Twitter that were complicit. And it also includes members of our federal government and federal law enforcement agencies that were involved in this that are going to report to the man. They will fight for their survival. They don't want to go to prison. So you can guarantee... Many of them are going to attempt to lie through their teeth, which is why these documents are so important. Why do you think they're so scared? A lot of these reporters on the left that were reporting conservative news outlets and speakers, conservative speakers, trying to get them deplatformed. Why do you think they're so shit scared? You think Musk doesn't have their names? You don't think he will release every one of those names to the public? Over the course of this information dump and communications dump, they're all going to be made examples. They will be revealed and they're scared to death. So they're fighting for their existence. They're fighting for their lives, their professional lives. Of course, that's what they're doing. You think they're going to just lay down? It's their livelihood. And they know now that it's in jeopardy because Musk isn't playing games. This was one of the most gangster and masculine moves, in my opinion, that I've seen in a long time. <laughs> Since Trump went over to see Putin and reached out and pulled his hand in, pulled him in. You remember that video? God damn. <laughs> Say what you will about Trump. In either case, ladies and gentlemen, do not let other people do your thinking for you. Go do your own homework. Stop copying off other people. How else are you ever going to learn anything? You're just going to take hook, line, and sinker. You're going to swallow the hook from people who are telling you that they know best. Shouldn't it be you know best? Shouldn't you be the one to determine what is best and not other people? That goes for me as well. I learn new things every day. 
I just learned the origins, the etymology of tomboy. I had no idea. Makes perfect sense. I'm going to be using the word tomfoolery 115 times this weekend. You can bet on that. (laughs) We appreciate every one of you tuning in. Do not be strangers. We love it when you guys stop by. Pop over to the Atypical Man TikTok page. Say hello. Drop a comment. Maybe share a couple videos. The Atypical Man YouTube channel. And do your best to stay out of trouble this weekend. And don't do anything I wouldn't do. And if you do, don't tell me about it. (laughs) My name is Caleb. And you've been listening to The Atypical Man.